Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Comics, the podcast. My name is Glenn. I'm a librarian here at Litchfield Park, and I'm joined by Timothy Roden. I'm a library assistant here at Litchfield Park, and we're also joined by Jeff Howick. I'm a librarian here at the Goodyear branch. All right, so today we've got a couple of different Dungeons and Dragons comics we're going to talk about. These are all available on Hoopla, which is one of our digital resources that you can get with a library card through the Maricopa County Library District. Strongly recommend you check that out, especially if you're a fan of any sort of graphic novels or comics, because they have so many on there. So everything here today is available on Hoopla, and the best part about Hoopla is that there is no waiting period. If you see it on Hoopla, you can get it immediately which is fantastic so if any of these you like you can be reading it later today yeah and you have up to 15 a month so you can literally get all four of the items that we're going to discuss today and immediately uh start reading them um so that being said the four items we are discussing are the forgotten realms classics volume one by jeff grubb and rags morales Dungeons and Dragons Fells 5 by John Rogers and Andrea DeVito. Uh, Legends of Baldur's Gate, which is within the item called Days of Endless Adventure by Jim Zub and Max Dunbar. And Die Volume 1 Fantasy Heartbreaker by Kieran Gillen and Stephanie Hans. So we'll go ahead and just jump right in. And we're going to do these in sort of chronological order of the campaign or style of Dungeons and Dragons that they would have taken place in. So we'll start with the Forgotten Realms Classics, which is uh, advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Second edition. Otherwise known as second edition. Yeah. Um, I, I actually found this one to be a little cumbersome in some places for my own taste. Uh, Frankly, I, I enjoyed it. I really did, but it's, it's sort of like if you ask someone, nowadays what they thought dungeons and dragons was who didn't really know a lot about dungeons and dragons but like enough they would describe to you pretty much what this is like the stereotypical paladin who is always doing the right thing no matter what wizards who set incredibly (laughs) elaborate traps just because they're wizards and they hate anyone else just because they're wizards yes um and i got from it it's it's very similar to a sitcom where everyone has a set role that you can sort of see the punchlines coming and the story beats coming, but it's a very well done comic, especially considering it's from uh, the 80s, early 90s. And it's by uh, a writer of D&D novels and by an artist, Rags Morales, who's done a lot of artwork uh, since, especially on characters like Spider-Man. So the artwork is very solid and consistent. Uh, and it's very, uh, very just keeps going. It's a it's a train that keeps chugging along. So what do you think on this one, Jeff? What are your thoughts, your overarching thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, d- I definitely agree. Uh, like, it, I feel like it maybe shows its age a, a little bit um, uh, in both like in good and bad ways. I agree with the the paladin. I think at one point the paladin, like, even says to himself, um, like, well, I guess there's not a lot of choices for uh, a paladin. Like, I just have to do this thing that I have to do. Yeah, you um, can say that exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, like, you were saying, you know, if you imagine, if you ask someone, like, what they imagine D&D be, I also feel like if you ask someone, like, 
what they feel like classic comic books to be like this oh, this hits yeah. a lot of those notes um people are like dialoguing with themselves in thought bubbles like all of the time right um, yeah it's yeah. it's very like silver age comics uh it's yes. yeah it's very uh silver bronze age uh mike grell's warlord series is very similar and it's very um uh, it's very of its era and right. that's both good and bad it's uh it's got a lot of a lot of meat to it because so much is condensed into every panel um but it's still very straightforward yeah i i agree i think you know if you're if you're into um that classic old school feeling um you'll probably enjoy this people are are shouting out the names of spells as they cast them <laughs> yes um, yeah it's like anime level almost well, <laughs> there's the moment where the wizard uh, falls down and shouts out lightning bolt and um it, that feels straight out of uh D memes almost <laughs> yeah uh, but yes so how does this comic reflect second edition dungeons and dragons i think we've touched on it a little bit but second edition is notorious for things like faco <laughs> and a theoretical armor class for those who have never played it uh and being a little cumbersome um yeah, Jeff, did you play much second edition or have much experience with second edition? I know you've been a huge Dungeons and Dragons player. No, I have I've never played it um myself. Uh but I've definitely uh have read up on uh a bit of how things were different and um actually we got um some second edition books donated here uh to the library not too long ago and I was like reading through it and I came up to a section that was like a full page of rules on dealing with something like uh, walking with with uh, water weight or or falling <laughs> over a waterfall, and I was like, "There's a whole page of like how to handle falling off, you know, of a waterfall," and I just blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. So th I think the general the general kind of uh, meme stance and probably fairly fairly accurate stance is that second edition is very very cumbersome. Yeah. And I think that shows up in these comics because you see like the wizards just like, "Oh, I didn't prepare any of those spells today. I can't do any of that." And you're like, "Oh." That's yes. kind of lame. And a lot of that's <laughs> a, a holdover from original edition Dungeons and Dragons where it's even more like this is what you do you you don't even have a choice to move away from it yeah um but with all that being said uh how does this story fare like even if it was just a straight d and uh straight non dungeons and dragons fantasy comic how would what would you guys think of it so i think this as if you kind of if, if you were reading this without any knowledge of Dungeons and Dragons at all, I think you might get a little bit bogged down in it because it does really rely on your sort of knowledge of the fantasy genre it does. pretty heavily. So without that sort of Dungeons and Dragons knowledge, I think you're going to be a little lost reading this just because it gets kind of into the nuance. But I still think it's a, it's a solid story, but there's not a lot of nuance to the story. There's the wizard. is He's a good guy. He's gone on a quest. He's got his good guy buddies with him, and they're going to retrieve some artifacts, and and that's that's the plot line. Like, yes. there's there's not a whole lot of layers in that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Think. Uh, I agree. I think you know if you are if you're someone looking to get in, like maybe you've seen the Lord of the Rings or uh, a little bit, 
um, and you think, oh, I want to check out some fantasy comics, this is absolutely not where I would start. Um, if you yeah. already like, you know, like the classic Conan the Barbarian style fantasy and you, you feel like you're in the mood for some old school silliness, um, you might want to check this out, even if you don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. But um, yeah, it's definitely not what I would call beginner friendly. Yeah, I would recommend coming back to this as yeah. sort of a historical landmark in Dungeons and Dragons. And this will give you a really good idea of, of how people played and how people viewed the game when it was first coming. Yeah, out. I think this is uh, like an archetypical style campaign of what it at the time people thought of as like what a campaign supposed to be. Um, and some of the characters are pretty classic, like Alias and Dragonbait. Dragonbait actually showed up a couple of years ago in the Tomb of Annihilation as a uh, an NPC you can encounter. And Alias had a whole novel series also written by Jeff Grubb. Um, so a lot of these characters are sort of baked into the Forgotten Realms and its history. But it also comes with a little bit of stodginess, I think. Yes. Uh, so moving on, we're to our second topic, which is Fells 5. This is the fourth edition entry uh, to our list. And so what, what did you think about it, Jeff? Uh, this one I loved. I really enjoyed this one. Um, it was a very fun ride. Um, it felt very... Um, intentionally meta like it, it felt like it kind of dived into a lot of the questions maybe people might have about like why is D D like this um <laughs> and so like for instance um you know at one point uh they're walking through a dungeon and someone's like who who builds all of these dungeons why are there <laughs> so many dungeons and someone and you know their friend is like well you know, in a world where there's dragons, uh, it makes a lot of sense to just build a bunch of narrow passageways that are pe people sized, not dragon sized, to keep them That's out. A good point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And um, you know, there there's just a lot of uh, of fun like examination of like what does a world where you need like traveling bands of mercenaries look like? Um, and what like why are they are they there so that was a lot of fun for me um and i just really enjoyed the like um kind of light comedy style to it i i loved uh you know at some point um you know jumps into a building is like don't worry children we're here to save you and then of course the children jump through the floor and are zombies or whatever and uh, yeah <laughs> yes there's uh, lo like lots of funny moments like that that i just there are like. so for me the humor in this one's a bit more subtle so tim mentioned that the, the first one we talked about it's like a sitcom right so like you you see the laughs coming like that the joke happens laugh track plays and that yeah. feels that feels right for that for this one the humor is a little bit more more subtle a little more kind of undertone um because like you get like the dwarf who's just like he hits something and it breaks and he's like, well, that wasn't dwarven work. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good joke. It's a very quotable uh, graphic novel. But I do also agree with your observation that it's a little bit more kind of intentionally meta. It, it feels like this, um, it feels like you're in the world following a Dungeons and Dragons party as they're in character. Yes. It, I think this one feels the most like a, like you're actually reading a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, 
where, and I mean that in the meta sense where, as Glenn said, you're reading the players acting out the parts. And so they're discussing things with a little bit of uh, outside of character knowledge. And uh, it, it translates into funny quips and lines. And some of the characters are very darkly humorous where others are just very straightforward. And, but you can still tell they're having fun with what they're doing. Uh, I, I will admit out of the first three of the items we're talking about, this is my favorite. Um, just because there's there's so many things I still quote from when I first read this uh, in Dungeons and Dragons campaigns. I agree. I think this is my, also my favorite of the the true D and D books. Um, I, I do. I I love the I guess the peak behind the scenes. Um, you know, there's there's a time where like we're in the villains' uh, lair or castle area. And they're like just walking across a regular floor and all of a sudden like a spear comes and like hits one of them and they turn to the person and I thought, oh no, there's, there's an attack. And they're like, no, you're only supposed to walk on the white squares. There's like, and so it just raises the question like, yeah, why are there traps everywhere? And, and how does that affect the people who live there? And um, <laughs> there's just uh, some hilarious moments like that. Yes. So how does this, uh, comic reflect fourth edition Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, so fourth edition, I played a lot of fourth edition. I think I think most of us here at least dabbled in fourth edition. Yes. Um, fourth edition has a terrible, terrible reputation. Yes. Unfortunately, I don't think fourth edition was that bad, but it does get that sort of like very video gamey, MMO-y sort of reputation for it. And I don't really necessarily think that the comic really represents fourth edition in any way, I, I think it's just kind of more leans into more kind of general sort of fantasy magic rather than specific like fourth edition actions and abilities and things like that. Yeah, I I did feel like there were there were scenes where I thought, oh, this is the orc battle scene, or oh, this is the lock picking, you know, and then loot the box scene. Oh, this is the we've got to dodge through the traps scene, and so I felt there were a lot of like typical. D and D activities where it was very clear, like, "Hey, you've done this before in the game, and now this is the time for the characters to do that specific thing." Yeah, but nothing specifically fourth editioning, right? No, yeah, because fourth edition had all of these weird abilities that you get to choose from, like actions when you level up, and but they're not like calling out like a thunderous strike and things like that. Yeah, um, and so outside of D and D. And I think we've touched on it a lot already. Uh, how does this story fare independent of its Dungeons and Dragons content? Yeah, I think I think if you were looking for just a good general fantasy comic, this would be a great place to start. Yeah, uh, Jeff. Yeah. yeah, I think I agree. I think you know it's a fun story. Um, there's there's interesting characters. There's interesting locations, um, and it's a I think generally good beginner friendly place um you know you i think you will encounter some uh like weird female armor or all of the yeah. orcs are evil and so we must you know hate all orcs and that has some you know i think unfortunate like real life parallels that you might want to be aware of um but in general it's a, a fun fantasy ride yeah i think you'll get a little bit more out of it 
Um, if you have the, the Dungeons and Dragons knowledge, just because you'll kind of understand a little that that level of nuance, the sort of peek behind the scenes kind of party action that we get. But yeah, what do you think, Tim? I think uh, I think the fact that it's so quotable works just as well without it being D and D. Like the its dwarven work works if you're a fan of Lord of the Rings or just generic fantasy the the lines about the the zombie orphans mm. work in a very uh, darkly humorous way um so i think it has a lot of carryover for what makes it so charming and memorable that exists outside of its dnd framework um and so that brings us to our third entry and the final of the true dnd comics that we're discussing today uh legend of baldur's gate which is within the days of endless adventure uh graphic novel trade paperback um and this is sort of like the flip side of the forgotten realms classic that we discussed this is also very steeped in dnd history and lore and even outside like continuity stuff like uh bringing in characters from video games and yet i think this works in a lot easier smoother fashion uh so glenn what did you think so i really enjoyed legends of boulders gate and we've talked a little bit a lot about the humor of each of these and what we think of that and i think legends of boulders gate humor is like it's a lot of like slapstick it's like throw a pie in your face and you're like yeah we get it like we know that's funny okay um but in a lot of the cases it works in this story just because of the way that the characters are portrayed so i i did enjoy that um if you've played the original Boulder's Gate or Boulder's Gate 2 video games, you'll probably get more out of this than anyone else, but I don't think that is required because you can still appreciate Minx and Boo for the amazing characters that they become in this. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, what was your kind of overarching opinion here? Yes. Yeah. This is definitely more, a more intentionally zany comic. Um, you know, if you want to see a battle hamster, uh, look no further. <laughs> yeah, if, if if the word battle hamster was enough for you to stop listening, go check this out. <laughs> yes. And frankly, it should be because the battle hamster is amazing. Yes. <laughs> right. And, and so, yeah, it, it, it's fun. Uh, the art is, is you know, of, of all of the, the books we've talked about is very clean and modern and just um, there's so many beautiful scenes uh, to look at in this one. So I think um, I liked I liked the art in Fells 5. It was good. Um, but this is definitely, I think, my favorite art of the three. Yeah, and they are still making this one. The others we've talked about, those are those are over and done with. But this one's still got some more stuff probably on the horizon. I don't think anything's yeah. been officially announced. But. Yeah, I don't think anything has been officially announced after Perils of Baldur's Gate or Evils at Baldur's Gate, I think it was. But uh, I would assume with the new D&D content coming out that there would be more miniseries. But hey, who knows? They've done weirder things. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoy Legends of Baldur's Gate because I really enjoy Minsk and Boo. Uh, and obviously the other characters in the story are pretty great as well. But I I love Minsk and Boo just because of how resolutely silly they are. Sometimes you really like sitcoms and they're good to unwind to. Sometimes you like meta humor and comedy that sort of makes you think or quote it. And then sometimes you really just want to see a guy shout out like i am here to destroy evil and then boo go for the eyes yeah. and a hamster take out a dragon and i think that's what this offers 
Yeah. Uh, so I think this is great. I think this one has really good like scope and breadth to it as well. So the first volume that we focus on Boulder's Gate itself, but once we're finished there, we go all over the place in this yeah. series. Like we go to um, the snowy mountains of Icewind Dale. We go to we go to Avernus, which Avernus. is the first of the the nine hells. Yeah. We go to Ravenloft. Yeah. Um, but that actually brings us to the next part portion of this question, which is, what does this comic do to reflect its iteration of D and D? Yeah. So we both answered this one. So I'm actually going to turn that back right onto you, Tim. Uh, well, I uh, I think that fifth uh, edition D and D is very streamlined and every year it seems like a new area of fifth edition is explored and the comic follows along with that um whether it's them fighting giants in icewind dale or them traveling to avernus and fighting in the first plane of hell they it, it reflects where dnd has gone in fifth edition very well Mechanically, I don't think it is actually that close. I think it's very similar to Fells 5, where you can just sort of not really know about D&D, and it still works very well. Um, all that being said, that brings us to the fun portion of this question, which is, uh, what do we think of it as it fares independent of its D&D content? Yeah. Jeff, what do you think of uh, its, its D&D-ness? Um, you know, I, I think if you are looking for fantasy comedy, then, um, this is what I would recommend to you. If you're like, yeah, I want a comedy, but set in a fantasy world, I would hand this to you, whether you knew D and D or not. Um, certainly, you know, it, if you know D and D there's all kinds of, you know, Easter eggs and location names that you'll be like, oh, I know that. Oh, I've seen that before. Um, but if you haven't, you know, I think it does a pretty, it, it, it doesn't require knowledge of all of these places to enjoy, yes, the glee of a battle hamster um, or the terror of, like, a realm where vampires are in control. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of thinking about this question. Like, it would be pretty hard to mechanically show 5th edition because 5th edition is is very kind of streamlined. streamlined, loose. It's more up to sort of imagination and players sort of determining what they want to do. Yes. So unless you start like really showing like actual dice rolls in the comics, you're not really going to necessarily see the mechanics of the game itself. And yeah, and without, I think that's for the best. Without having a character yell out, "I have advantage or disadvantage," yeah, I, it's unlikely to represent the mechanics behind Fifth Edition. I think it, uh, but in 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 a sense though, like you know the the Second Edition comics felt cumbersome, like that edition, the the Fells Five like fourth edition, there were lots of like, oh, this is the part of the game where they're playing this. And I felt Baldur's Gate, like it did a good job of kind of expressing that, you know, that the, the ability to kind of do more in fifth edition and to be more rules light because it, it, did, it did feel like the, the characters options were way more open than in the other two of like what they could do and what was happening. Yeah, I think on that note, you're absolutely correct, because as Glenn mentioned earlier, all the miniseries and Legends of Baldur's Gate is the first of many, uh, all the miniseries flow directly into each other, and yet they're set in such dramatically different places. 
So it really does feel like, oh yeah, the group could just end up in Ravenloft or the group could just end up in hell <laughs> and fight their way out. Um, so in that sense, I think you're absolutely correct, yeah. Yeah, and I think that if you are a Dungeons and Dragons player and you haven't read this, I think you should because this will give you really, really good sort of ideas for characters, quests, and sort of some details to really flesh out your campaigns if they do go to some of these famous places like Boulder's Gate, Icewind Dale. They, they really personify a lot of the characters uh, very well. Um, okay. I'm a huge fan of Ravenloft, and I've run Ravenloft a couple of times, and seeing Strahd uh, be portrayed as Strahd and be very menacing and completely unstoppable. Like, he's the one guy they don't beat throughout all of the miniseries is something I really enjoyed. Speaking of, um, if you play D&D and, you know, you want to pull ideas out of these books, so Fells 5, the one we just got done talking about, actually at the end of the book has the character sheets for mm -hmm. all of the main yep. people, as well as like three different mini adventures um, that replicate what happens in the comics so that you like you could read the comics and then run that same adventure for a group. Yeah, and if you don't tell your players, then they would think you're genius. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you can even go, don't worry, guys, I'll pre-print you out some characters. We can just <laughs> hop right in. <laughs> But uh, that brings us to our final comic, and sort of out of the set D&D worlds of uh, the first three topics, now we're discussing a comic that is undoubtedly influenced by Dungeons and & Dragons and tabletop role-playing games in general, um, and that's Die, Volume 1, Fantasy Heartbreaker by Kieran Gillian and Stephanie Hans. I mentioned Fells 5 was my favorite of the D&D comics. This is actually my favorite of the four that we're discussing. It is, I think, probably the most intensely like story-driven you could possibly ever get from a D&D style campaign. Yeah, and we've been carrying the vein of humor through this because humor is, is a big part of lots of Dungeons and Dragons. So I'll carry the vein of humor into Die and say that there is no humor in Die. It's deadly serious. <laughs> um, <laughs> any humor is, is just, it brings only pain in this series. The, the catchphrase is goth Jumanji. Yeah. And that is, that is very apropos. Its name is Die, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Die as in the singular of dice, but also as in to cease existing. Yes. So, Jeff, what did you think of Die? Um, I yeah, I I loved Die. I um I I love uh the author um and some of their other stuff. But this yeah, this is a really fun book. Not in the the sense of like, oh, I'm enjoying all of the silliness, but um, just in the like the richness of the world and the ideas yeah. that are explored. Um, it's like it's a really interesting world that I would never in a million years want to visit. No, um, and it's it's amazing seeing all of like the imaginative work that kind of went into taking like classic D and D concepts like classes and then twisting those into this kind of incredible and sort of insane like yeah die version of them like the the cleric who is an atheist who calls upon gods but she doesn't believe in them she just bargains with them. bargains with them <laughs> or uh one of my favorites is the grief knight 
who the sadder he gets, the more powerful he is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, But I also enjoyed, so uh, you mentioned Jumanji. So the, you know, the characters in this know that they're in a D&D game, essentially. It's just everything is real and the consequences for their characters are also their consequences for their real life uh, bodies and emotions. And so, um, you know, that was interesting watching people who who knew that they were in a D&D world and so could kind of use the knowledge of the rules of D&D and storytelling, you know, to their advantage. Yeah, and I think I think this is also a good chance to like springboard because this is essentially an isekai, which is uh, a term for stories where characters are drawn into a parallel world, sort of like Jumanji. And they they're playing the characters that they created. And some of those characters are vastly different from who the people were, which sort of reflects uh, D&D as a means of like escapism Mm. and tabletop role playing. But part of the problem with escapism is when it never ends. And I think that's one of the key themes that's touched upon when they can't escape the the world that they ended up creating and so kind of get back to this here the overarching premise of this is that they visited this world when they were kids and they kind of viewed it like a big video game they just romped around had a lot of fun did what anyone would do in this world or what they what they thought any any kid would do here and just kind of did whatever they wanted right they had a lot of fun didn't care about breaking hearts or worlds or kingdoms because they thought it was a video game and then you know a few decades later they get brought back and all of a sudden, all of these consequences of everything that they've done just crashes into them like a freight train. Yes. And I I think it's a very good, very good comic in the sense that when you look at the story of Die, it's very much about growing up. It's very much about escaping escapism and facing what you've actually done. Um, I, as Jeff mentioned, I love Kieran Gillen's work. Uh, Stephanie Hans's art is very emotive. It's also incredibly dark. Yeah. It's it's smudgy in places where you want more detail, and uh, but that smudginess works because it makes it even more like terrifying and subtle. And I think that uh, that adds a lot to the comic. So, also, oh, of, of note, um, the it started as just a comic, um, but yeah. the author uh, Kieran Gillian uh, went and made their own um, role playing game that mirrors mm-hmm. the the style and the universe from the comic. And so, it, it's free. You can go download the RPG version and you know play, play your own version of this you, you too can suffer greatly yeah. <laughs> you can and I think there's even on like there's videos of the author like playing in, in their own uh, game that they made uh, out of the comic book they wrote <laughs> yes um, that you can enjoy as well so how does this comic reflect d and and I I'm leaving off uh, the version aspect of this question that we had previously because it's it doesn't reflect one aspect and we've touched a bit on the classes and the mechanics of it but how does it reflect D as a whole 
I think it it really just kind of like you were saying, it really shows the sort of playing a character and becoming that character aspect of it really well. And I, I think mechanically there's there's nothing to be said about it. It just has your kind of general fantasy, you know, throwing fireballs, you yeah. basically like a Jedi mind tricks, that kind of yeah. thing. Once they establish what their class is. Once they establish their it. class, yeah. So So Jeff, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, it captures the role-playing aspect of it, I think, really well. Um, but also, I think it ca- it captures the, like, conflict resolution um, with your friends, where, you know, how do you, how do you deal with something when you, you approach a situation and you want to do one thing and your friends want to do the complete opposite thing? Uh, and how does the party, like, handle that? Not just as a, like, well you know, how do we have a calm discussion about this? But also, like, you know, how do we all tell a game that we can all enjoy together? Um, and I think, you know, those ideas are baked really well into this because some of these people, you know, they just want to have pure escapism and they just want to do whatever they want to do and not care about their friends at all. And other people are, like, really trying to, like, balance their desires and their friends' desires. And then, some people are really concerned about the world and how they're leaving things. And so there's all of these competing, you know, like player desires that they have to kind of balance together as a group. And I think that like is really well handled in this. Yeah. I think the people, they're very real in this. Yes. Their motivations and their desires for what, how everything's going to end is very particular to them and make total sense. And as a, a slight spoiler, Die only runs 20 issues. The 20th issue just came out in September. So I believe that's going to either be four or five volumes. So it's not a very long series, but it is incredibly dense with ideas and themes relating not just to tabletop gaming and D&D, but also the wider world and literature if you're a fan of literature there's a lot of uh literature references sprinkled throughout die um and not even sprinkled sometimes they're literally like this is from this source um so and i think we've already touched on how does this story fare fare independent of its DD content um i think we're all in agreement that it's pretty great just as a standalone comic yeah i don't think you need any prior knowledge of any sort of dnd or even really fantasy because it explains its own worlds or own rules in world very well for you yeah yeah i agree even if you've never even if you don't know these particular characters because you've played with them before like you've dealt with these personalities in some way and you've dealt with you know some form of interpersonal conflict and (laughs) you'll recognize you know, people you've met before in some of these characters. Absolutely. Um, And yeah, just real quick, I did, so it looks like volume one, two, and three are on Hoopla, and that goes up to 15. So it looks like there will be a fourth volume at some point, probably. Yes, I would imagine, because I believe they've just been doing the five per volume. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and it was literally, I think, September 21st that the final issue came out. Uh, And it's suitably, like, uh, dark and also completely over the top at the same time. Excellent. Uh, yep. And gives gives new meaning to like the 
the phrase die. <laughs> but uh, that's all I'll say on it because I don't want to spoil the ending for anyone else. Uh, so we will close with uh, uh, just what did you all think about these comics as a whole? Do do they feel like a good walk down D&D history lane? I think it really does represent sort of the, the history of D&D pretty well as we sort of move through, you know, the stoic paladin and the classic wizard who hates everyone else because he's a wizard and he's better than everyone else. And then we kind of move down through um, Fells 5 and we get kind of a, a much better adventuring party. Then we move into Boulder's Gate where we kind of get the silly adventuring party. And I think if you've played D&D, you've probably been in both of those groups before. The, the mostly serious with a little silly or the mostly silly with a little serious. And then we get into Die, which is which is just phenomenally uh, amazing. And you, you maybe even you played in a campaign like that before, where it's you know every the stakes are very serious, very high, and very real. Yeah, um, Jeff. Yeah, I, I I do. I feel like the progression um, in these comic books mirrors that of in the real world of like just more and more freedom for everyone at the table um, in, you know, the, the classes they can play or the personalities they can play. And so like, yeah, the old school is very like, this is the stereotypical wizard that does only stereotypical wizard stuff. And then in Fells 5, like there's a bit more of personality and fun involved. And then Boulder's Gate is just, you know, you can you can accidentally animate a statue to life with a spell gone wrong and you can do <laughs> whatever you who, imagine. Who then has a, a statue of a hamster with him that then takes <laughs> down a dragon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it goes from like very, very confining, like stereotypical to, you know, wide open uh, as far as your imagine can take you. And I think the games have kind of been trying to do that in real life as in these comics. So, uh, today we've discussed Forgotten Realms Classics, Volume 1 by Jeff Grubb and Rags Morales, uh, Dungeons & Dragons Fells 5 by John Rogers and Andrea DeVito, Legends of Baldur's Gate within the collection of Days of Endless Adventure by Jim Zub and Max Dunbar, and Die, Volume 1 Fantasy Heartbreaker by Kieran Gillen and Stephanie Hans. I'm Timothy Roden. I'm Glenn. And I'm Jeff. And I hope everyone had a lot of fun watching or reading, listening to this. I'm so sorry. And I hope you pick up at least one of these. If you pick up only one, I would probably say um, die. If you're if you can handle kind of a little bit more grim, dark, and kind of serious and a little bit bloody at times. And if that scares you off, then definitely pick up Fells Five. I would I would say check out Fells Five. Yeah, uh, if you're in for fun. And also there there's other D and D uh, comics on out out there as well. There's a Stranger Things in D and Dungeons and Dragons comic. There's uh, Rick and Morty in Dungeons and Dragons. And then there's of course there's Vox Machina, which is uh, a very popular live play um, D and D game that has become comics and soon to be a cartoon. So there's a lot of other options out there too. And the first two that Jeff uh, mentioned, I believe, are also written by Jim Zub, who wrote Legends of Baldur's Gate. So um, if you do enjoy Legends of Baldur's Gate, the Stranger Things and Rick and Morty tie-in should be uh, pretty much right up the same alley. Um, so with all that being said, everyone, thank you for joining us. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. 
Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.